Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today my guest is Tina Marie, who's going to share some really fun stories about her experiences being out in the cosmos. But before we bring her on the screen, just a couple of announcements. Um, make sure that if you're watching this on YouTube, you like and subscribe. Um, if you're listening on one of the podcast outlets, thank you so much. And for my Facebook people, make sure you comment. We'll answer those if anyone has any questions. And thank you for being here. My newest book, Connection to the Cosmos, Remembering Your Galactic Heritage and Embracing Your Oneness, is officially going to be released a week from today, so August 30th. If you're watching this after the fact, it's available on Amazon or on my website, mysticmanta.com or bigislandufotours.com. And my newest Oracle Deck, Connection to the Cosmos Oracle Deck, also available on my website. And if you're in Hawaii, come on one of my Big Island UFO tours and see the night sky with the military night vision goggles. So now I am going to bring on my friend who is an alien sister, Miss <laughs> Tina Marie. So Tina Marie, a born and raised Chicago native, feels to be a Pleiadian starseed, still figuring out her true purpose in life. Tina has had quite the spiritual journey throughout her 40 years of Earth life that led her to have various otherworldly experiences. Can't wait to hear about those. One notable experience brought her to her home planet, Zenuda, which she's happy to share the details of on this show. Those mm -hmm. who know Tina well describe her as a fierce advocate for the underdog, speaking up against injustices and open to discussions that aim to unite and heal. Tina currently resides in Hawaii with her husband, Frank, and her dog, Tur, Bella. <laughs> We're probably gonna see Bella on screen in a few minutes. <laughs> and you can connect with her on Instagram and TikTok at, at House of Tina Marie, which is under her name. Welcome, Tina. Thank and you for having me. Tina is also my neighbor, so I get to see her more often than some of my other friends. So, um, okay. So first, before we get into some of your experiences that you've had, tell us about how you grew up. So you grew up in Chicago. Like what kind of, was it a religious or spiritual family? Yeah, we, um, I basically spent a lot of my childhood with my grandparents. Um, so it was my grandma, my grandpa, my aunt, my mom were all living in an apartment. My grandma was super religious, super Christian. We went to church every Sunday. And every time I went to church, it just never resonated with me. <laughs> um, I always looked at everyone praying and it just, I looked at them and was like, what's going on? Why can't I feel what you're feeling? <laughs> so uh, a few years later, it was about six and a half when my mom married an uh, Is Islamic man and he taught me about Islam. And then when I would go back to my grandma's house, she would she would talk bad about Islam, saying, oh, they pray to that Allah. And I told her, I was like, Grandma, you know, Allah and God are the same thing. And she's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> I, I know there's a lot more complexity, complexity to it. But in a nutshell, Islam basically believes that Muhammad was the last prophet and they don't believe Jesus was 
the son of God. They believe he was the prophet. Um, there's a lot of similarities between the religions. Yeah. So that started my wheels turning, thinking, okay, what if we believe the wrong religion? So I went on a whole religious journey throughout my teenage years into my 20s, trying to find the correct religion to follow. And none of them made any sense to me. I always found loopholes in them. And I came to the conclusions like, you know what? None of us can prove what happens after we expire on this earth. So believe what makes you happy. Um, just don't interfere in anybody's personal life. And cool, we could coexist peacefully. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm basically an atheist, but more agnostic. I feel like there's something out there. I've had experiences that lead me to believe there's something else after death, but I obviously can't prove it. I know that. And I don't expect anyone to believe me because I probably wouldn't believe me either unless I went through what I went through. Okay. Well, I mean, yes. And I mean, my, my experiences of doing um, the regression therapy that I do is there is definitely more to just this earth life. So <laughs> let's talk about your experience of um, being on what you consider your home planet. How to like, tell us how that came about. And, and a, lot of, a lot of my journeys come through when I'm sleeping. So during the nighttime and I unconsciously travel, I have various dreams, which are real. I, I have dreams and I have experiences. Yeah. But the experiences have kind of guided me to where I, where I was, where I came from. And it just became so eye-opening and it, it felt like home when I was there. Now, before I actually get into the whole story, I do have a few, three different points that people have brought up to me in the past when I try to talk to them about this. And one of them is when they tell, when I tell my story, they're like, it's just your wild imagination. <laughs> now I've often thought about that too. And except when I actually try to intentionally be creative. Yeah. I can't, I draw a blank. I've sat down and tried to create stories like just writing creative stories. And I would get through maybe a paragraph or two Mm -hmm. And then just blank. Same. Yeah. So I can't make this poop up if I try. Because <laughs> I have. The second point people say is like, oh, you must have watched a movie. You must have, you know, been influenced by your dream. No, because I thought about that too. <laughs> I went back through my whole, when I had this experience, I went back through my entire week's um, events mm -hmm. and it was mostly just working, yeah. playing phone games on my phone and, uh, going through Prince videos because this is the week that Prince passed away. <laughs> None of which would have led to me yeah. being influenced. And the third point that people make to me, Oh, it was just a dream. Well, here's the thing. I have dreams mm -hmm. and they don't make sense. The dreams, when I have dreams, they, I could be like riding in a boat one minute and then going on a roller coaster the next, no sequential order. Mm -hmm. I could be running away from getting murdered and then all of a sudden I'm in a tornado. Makes no sense. But when I have these experiences, I remember every single detail. They're in sequential order and mm -hmm. I learn something from it. Yeah. So 
just to kind of put everybody's wheels naysayers on the side. <laughs> yeah, no, well, and I think those are excellent points because you know we may have some people that are like, mm, really, and <laughs> every point that you just made, um, you know, my own person, you know, I've some of my experiences are definitely in the dream state as well. But that is actually when most experiences happen because that is when we are able to get out of our ego self. Right. Really, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so again, I don't expect anybody to believe me and you don't want to believe me. That's fine. Take what resonates. <laughs> so in this particular experience, um, what happened was as we started out with my husband and I, and we were with two other couples that we don't know in our earth life. Um, we were trying to squeeze in through like a, an opening in a closet, similar to like a crawl space going into a, like a little crawl space. And we knew we weren't supposed to be doing it. We were just kind of having some fun. We're like, oh, we can't get caught. But when we got out to the other side, we wound up in what looked like to be a hotel room. Okay. And it looked like to have been occupied recently, but thankfully nobody was there because otherwise that would have been awkward. <laughs> and we looked around at the hotel and none of us could recognize like any of the name brand hotels that we recognized. So we were like, okay, this is weird. Um, we left the hotel and we were on a beach. The beach was very clean. The sand looked like normal earth sand, but it did not stick to our skin. So like normally how sand does when you're clammy or wet. The water was crystal blue, clear. It was the evening. The sun was starting to settle. Um, I just got like a really calm feeling being there. like, And I kept getting the sense of home. Like I felt like home, even though clearly it wasn't. Yeah. Um, here's the interesting part where it gets a little interesting is when the clouds kind of dispersed, we saw a pyramid hovering over the ocean and it wasn't mm -hmm. like you can see the pyramid on land further out on the, yeah. other side of the ocean. It was hovering over the ocean. The top of the pyramid had like a little triangle, but it was like illuminating light. And it was so pretty that it, it basically gave off light for the rest of the ocean. And you can see like things and stuff. And the, another point that kind of drove it home that we weren't on earth was that there were three different moons. Okay. So there were three different moons of various sizes and it was just different colors, like a purplish one, a greenish one and a bluish one. And it was so pretty. So I had the presence of mind to pull out my phone and take a couple snapshots. And when I looked at my phone, I was like, this isn't my phone. Why do I have this phone? This is not my phone, but oh, it works. So snap, snap, snap. <laughs> um, but then it was out of range, obviously, because I can't signal to earth. <laughs> um, so we were really excited to be on a different planet three moons in the sky and what was running through our mind was, Oh my gosh, this is so freaking amazing, but we can't get back in the hotel. We've tried and there's, we have no shelter, no money. So what are we going to do? So we were all excited, bit panicky, but then we were starting to problem solve here. What are we going to do? We all just decided just to go to sleep on the beach. Cause we started feeling really tired. Apparently whatever was in the air was just making us tired. Okay. So we fell asleep. I woke up in the middle of the night, everybody else was still asleep, but I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like there wasn't enough oxygen and I started thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to die here, but okay, what's a cool place to die in? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And just as I had those thoughts, a big gush of wind came over to me to relieve me and I was able to breathe. It's almost like the planet knew I needed oxygen and brought a whole bunch of oxygen my way. And then I felt sleepy again and I fell asleep. Um, so we woke up and we were thinking, okay, now we're hungry. Now it's, it's daylight and we need to go eat and find what to do here. Yeah. Just as we did, we made our first encounter with an alien being. Okay. <laughs> so it was a male figure. He had very thick dreadlocks in his hair, very thick black dreadlocks. Um, he wasn't mean. He wasn't overly cheery either. And if you ever watch Orville, the closest person I could relate him to is Brutus. He was just very oh, matter of fact. Oh, Brutus, yeah. <laughs> he was just very matter of fact, very monotone. <laughs> he wasn't mean, though. He was humanoid. His skin almost resembled that of what looks like Deadpool skin, very, you know, chunky and whatnot. Um, his, his, his clothes resembled that of a police officer or some kind of security. Um, I couldn't tell what color his clothes were because it kept fluctuating between blue, green, and purple. Okay. Really bizarre. Very cool. Very pretty. Yeah. So then we started talking. He started talking and we couldn't understand him. And then he was like dabbing on his arm like this. And then he started talking again. And then he started talking Spanish and we're like, uh, English. <laughs> So then he pushed another button and then he started talking English and we can understand him. And he was very matter of fact. He's like, from where did you all come from? Just like that. Okay. And we were afraid to speak. So we just all kind of point it. We're like, there <laughs> to the hotel. <laughs> and so he kind of did like a face palm and he's like, before there, where did you come from? He went like this with his little mouth. <laughs> so we were like, oh, we can explain where we come from, but we're not going to know if he knew where we were from. So we're just like, um, Earth, sir? <laughs> like, we come in peace. We don't want to upset you. <laughs> and he, he seemed a little bit frustrated because apparently this happens all the time where Earthlings just come through that portal, through the Earth, through the, through the okay. hotel. So... Now we're getting a little scared. We're thinking, okay, we've never heard of people coming back. So are we going to be prisoners here now? <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not the reason you've never heard of them. Most of people who come here, they can't return because they're selfish. And we're like, huh? So he began to explain that the planet basically works off of a karmic system where like if you do good deeds for others, you're service to the community, you kind of gain coins, so to speak, and then you can buy your way back to go back to Earth. So what we had to do to basically go back to Earth is implant the device into our arms and go be a service to the community, mm -hmm. gather enough points so that we can go back home. So we're like, okay. And the device didn't hurt very more, much more than a pinch, but it was basically like a cell phone implanted into our arm. Okay. All the information, everything that you could possibly need. So <clears throat> he basically told us that, you know, what the planet does is it gives everybody a basic allowance, so to speak, so that you can go pay for food, pay for, you know, housing and whatnot. 
and other you just can't do anything fun if you don't have enough to do anything fun with okay or unless other people take pity on you <laughs> which is nice and it kind of feels like that's how it should be we shouldn't have to work to survive we should be able to survive yeah. um if fifth dimension that's how it's supposed to be so. yeah exactly <laughs> so now the next part of our journey is like okay we're gonna go eat now so we saw a restaurant with a huge patio. It was very crowded, but there was only one cook and one waitress. So okay. two people running the entire place. We couldn't understand how they were seamlessly managing everything until we sat down and we noticed that everything was automated. Mm. The cook was not actually cooking. He was basically just there overseeing all the automation that when you plugged in the order, it would go to the kitchen and cook up your order. And then the order would come to you on a cart and the waitress would just follow behind and just answer any questions you have. It was really cool. So we just had like a nice bowl of rice and, and eggs just to kind of, you know, get something in our bellies. And they had menus of like every different planet. So it was really neat, neat to see all that. Okay. Now the waitress was super friendly. She had a purple reddish skin that was sparkly. So she had like these little sparkly swirls that came down her arm and it was so gorgeous. Bright blue eyes, very curly yellow hair. I remember that. And she gave me what was called Zanuda sauce. And I'm like, what's that? And she's like, just try it. You'll like it. <laughs> and I did. It was good. It made a regular plain bowl of rice and eggs 10 times better. I don't know what was in it, but it was good. So, so then we got to talking a little more and she was telling us, yeah, you know, a lot of visitors come here and there's a shelter building over there where you guys can stay, go to this store to go get some, you know, sleeping comforts. And then, you know, you can just do whatever you need to do to get back home. And you guys, you guys will make it home in no time. You guys are good people. <laughs> so it was really sweet. Um, then after that, so we go to the store to get our sleeping comforts. And we saw like big beds, like big pillows, big comforters. And we're like, how are we going to carry this back to our that back to our shelter building? And the guy behind the counter was like, just pick out what you want. We'll help you out. <laughs> so we pay for it. And he gives us this little box that's like this size of everything. So all of our sleeping comforts were in here. We're like a box. So that sounds like Harry Potter. You know how Hermione has all the stuff in her purse? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are we supposed to do with this? Are we going to, like, this isn't what we paid for. He's like, you'll, you'll figure it out. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so we get to the shelter building. Nobody's at the front desk. We see a sign there that we have to translate through our device. It gives us the owner's contact information. And it basically tells us, oh, seventh floor and higher has vacancy. Like, okay. So we go up to the seventh floor. While we're on the elevator, it's not actually an elevator. It's just a piece. It's like a square table, essentially. No walls around us. No buttons to push. But we had to think of the number seven. And then it just kind of lifted us up. It was so weird. Scary. Cool. Yeah. Everything all at once. <laughs> um, when we get to the seventh floor... Um, each door to the room, each door to every room had the price it was per night, 
had whether or not it was vacant and how many people it could accommodate. So there was different size rooms, essentially. So we picked one that can accommodate six people because we all wanted to pool our money. And apparently the price per night basically said per 27 hours. So that was another key factor that 27 hours in a day over there. Um, we put our arms on the door to register our entry. Um, so that basically became our key to get in and out. And it was just a big square empty room. No bedrooms, no nothing in there, just a big empty room. And then as we walked in on the other side of the, the room, a little tray came out like this okay. for, the, for the wall. And we all instinctively was like, is this where we put that? Is this where this goes? <laughs> so that's where the box went. We went and put the boxes in there. And then it said, okay, set up time five minutes. Walked out of the room, closed the door. It dinged. We walked back in. The entire room became like a three-bedroom apartment automatically. Everything was set up. It was so cool. And we're like, all right, this will work. We can, we can work with this. <laughs> so now it's time to go do some exploring. Like, how are we going to buy our way back home? How are we going to earn our way to go back home? Yeah. So we walked into the community. We started talking with some people. And we noticed some children playing. Um, a couple of them were bullying other people, other kids. And me, having been bullied myself, I instinctually try to break up, break that up. So I go to them and I start, you know, saying, hey, you shouldn't do this. It's not nice. I start comforting the other kids and then they go their separate ways. And just as soon as that finished, my arm vibrated and apparently I had earned some some karmic coins. It just vibrated. And I was like, oh, OK, this will work. <laughs> I guess we're going to make our way back sooner than we thought. <laughs> um, everything was a mixture of like plants technology, um, signs, sparkles, various forms of art. And it was clear that the neighborhood we were in was not for natives. Everything that you saw there was from people that came and traveled to there. Um, we took a trolley. The trolley did not run on wheels. It hovered, mm -hmm. which was super cool. And so we... It, we moved to a different neighborhood, which is a little bit more native-like, and it was more cleaner and upscale. And so we're like, okay, how do we find how do we find work to do? How do we earn our our keep here? <laughs> well, I have a real quick question. Sure. So you described the first guy that you came up to with the dreads, and then the waitress. Are you seeing other people and what they look like as well? We are, but I didn't prominently remember them unless I had a conversation with them. Okay. Yeah, we did see other other beings there. It's just when I came out of that experience, I unless I spoke to them like I'm speaking to you, I wouldn't okay. remember what they look like. Okay. But it was cool because you did see different types of beings. Yeah. Um, so we came to a high school and it had a bulletin board there. And the high school basically was like, oh, we're looking for chaperones for tonight's dance. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, we'll sign up for that. The dance provided us formal wear so that we could, we won't stand out. And I had on like a, a blue robe with like a gold strap around my waist. And my husband had like a black robe with a gold strap. So we were matching a little bit. <laughs> um, so we went into, we went into the dance. We walked around a little bit. We saw a staircase 
and there's like a bunch of kids hanging out in the staircase and we're like you know what they're probably not supposed to be there so let's go do our duty <laughs> so we guided them back to the dance we're like hey i'm sorry to bother you i hate to break this up but you know you probably shouldn't be here so they all dispersed one of the girls stayed behind so the girl was talking to us. She was curious where we came from. We told her. And she basically, so we asked her, like, how did she live here? Was Did she grow up here? Was she born here? And she told us that her parents uh, told her that there were too many people riddled with hatred. And their planet then started to reject them, mm. eliminating them bit by bit. And her father worked in space exploration, so that's how they were able to escape. Now, my first thought was like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. I'm sorry you went through that. But then I thought, isn't that what Earth is doing now? <laughs> I mean, we have all these wildfires, hurricanes, floods, COVID. <laughs> so Earth is pretty much doing that now because we were, we're not taking care of her. Mm -hmm. so then my cell phone ran out of battery and it made a beep and I was like oh no I can't take any more pictures the girl told me to give her my phone so I did her finger grew into a charge it kind of connected into my phone so her finger grew yeah and plugged into my phone and it charged the entire thing within seconds wow. and then she programmed it so that I can make calls back home Super cool. I wish we had that technology. <laughs> so then I call my family and I'm like, hey, you know, we're on a different planet and we'll be home soon. And they're like, no, you're not. So we sent them pictures and they're like, oh, my God, are you OK? <laughs> are you pulling a late April Fool's joke? Because this is like later in April of 2016. And we're like, no. No. <laughs> So then we decided to walk up the stairs that they were under just to see like from a top view, like what's going on, you know, take a look at everything else in the city. The city was absolutely gorgeous. We saw buildings, we saw pastures. We basically every single. There's Bella. <laughs> basically every single segment was a diff from like a different planet of people in a community that just kind of gathered into that little community so they all had like their little forms of art and whatnot it was very pretty hmm. um, we got to see the beach where we arrived at the, the hotel and all i wanted to do was go explore i wanted to see and meet everybody and learn as much as i could how they ended up here just like we did and the entire time i was there ever the way it was run the automation the the way that everybody was living they didn't have to work to survive they worked because they needed to be part of the community to better enhance the community everything about it just i just kept hearing like home 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 and anywhere you saw a sign with like the planet name you saw like the constellation of where it was and it resembled the pleiades constellation so i knew that's where i was mm -hmm. um and I could actually feel like if I lived here, I could thrive instead of just struggle to survive every day. Right. Um, and just when I started getting excited about being there and saying, okay, I could stay here, I had a massive sneeze attack in real life. 
which took me out of my experience. And I was so mad about it. And ever since then, I've just wanted to go back and I've never been able to go back. That was my journey. (laughs) So what, I mean, there are some really good points that you've that you got to experience with that of like, you know, being service to others as opposed to service to self really does like help yes. know, society. And that is ultimately where we are headed. And what I understand about, you know, these different dimensional beings is that fifth dimension and higher, there's no more clarity. So it really is people understand that service to self. Mm-hmm polarized ones like us are humans, you know, we there we still have a lot of people and that we are a service to self. And but what a beautiful society that we got to experience. I, um, I, it's kind of it just every time I think about wanting to be there and being here in the reality of Earth, I'm just like, why can't I stay there? Why am I here? What can I do here to get back there? <laughs> well, and maybe um, this just came to me because that's this is the first time that I've heard the story because I haven't wanted I wanted it to be fresh <laughs> for the show, but you know maybe the the sharing of your story and getting it out there will help like inspire people to be like, yeah, we should be more like serving others and working in our community and really like helping each other instead of fighting each other. Yeah, that's exactly my takeaway too from it. And I've always strived, even my political, my political beliefs, my spiritual beliefs, I always feel like that we should have just community. I would love for every neighborhood to, to plant like fruits and vegetables and we can just barter fruits and vegetables instead of having to rely on farms to do all the work. Yes. I think that would be the better way to go as far as like feeding people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like every nobody should have to go without being housed, having health care, being able to feed their families, send their kids to college, you know, retiring, going on vacation. Like I think that should just be basic. And everything yeah. outside of that should be okay leisurely. You want like a mansion, fine, whatever, pay for it, but <laughs> you don't need it. Right. Yeah. It's it's a want, not a must have or whatever. Yeah, not a need. So okay, so you've had so we've had that experience, but you've had other experiences too. I do, not as prominent. Um, one of my other experiences was I was on a party on an asteroid. So the way that started out was I woke up in a spaceship and I got scared because I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how I got there and the people, and it was like bouncing back around back and forth. Um, the people who were driving the spaceship were like, Oh, you're awake. Um, buckle in. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but you'll be safe. And I'm like, um, okay. So I buckled my straps. I looked out the window and I saw like a giant asteroid coming, coming by Um, So we landed on the asteroid and they're like, okay, we're here. And I'm like, "Uh, where's here exactly? They're like, oh, this is your reward. You've done a good job and you've learned some lessons. So now you get to go party. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I met up with my sponsor there and it was just like a basic bar, different aliens and whatnot, different colored skin, different hairdos and whatnot. 
Um, in this particular experience, he was basically showing me a building that he created. Um, the building kind of went off like this. Get my camera. <laughs> it went off like this. But uh -huh. then outside like this, it had like an angle on both sides of a swimming pool, but nothing was supporting the other side of it. And it was so cool. And I was like, you built that? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, where's it going to be? And he's like, oh, I'm back on my home planet. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's very pretty. He's like, thank you. And it lit up in like blue and green, like neon signs. And it was so cool. He tried to get romantic with me and he was like, oh, you know, you 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 don't have to feel guilty about cheating on your husband because, you know, all your earthly contracts are suspended. And I was just like, ah, I'm going to pass. Thank you, though. <laughs> that, is funny. that is super funny because actually Skip made a comment. He's like, well, I guess if you're having a relationship offer, then it doesn't really count. <laughs> <laughs> Random thing he threw out one day and like... <laughs> I just didn't feel like it was yeah. I didn't I didn't want to. Like even though he comforted me saying that my earthly contracts were suspended. I'm like, all right. It just didn't feel right. Yeah. So that was that was another experience. Um I also have several celestial children. Um one of my experiences with one of my celestial children is I went on a picnic with her mm. and she had these big beautiful eyes. Um, the rest of her looked pretty normal, but the most prominent thing in that was that she was trying to teach me how to fly, or she was excited to show me that she learned how to fly. And she's like, do you want me to teach you? Do you want me to teach you? And I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetie, I can't fly, not in this body. And she's like, okay, well, maybe when you're done with Earth, you can come back and visit, and then I can teach you. And she was just so excited. You know how little kids are. And I was like, I would like that very much. <laughs> So Beautiful. those are my prominent ones. So did she give you a name of what her name she was? She didn't, no. She just had beautiful big eyes, like clear hair, like yellowish clear hair. Um, but she was very pretty and she was very cute. Um, she was very sweet. She just wanted to, she was very excited to show me that she learned how to fly. <laughs> so, and do you know where she lives? No. I didn't pick up on that. We were just basically on a regular farm that looked like an earth farm, but it could have been somewhere else. I just didn't know. Yeah. Well, I would, I have a question back to the asteroid party. So the, your sponsor or guide, did he look human or did he look like something else? Um, he actually looked pretty human. He did look very human, except his skin was gray, but he looked very human otherwise. Interesting. I guess he, I guess he didn't want to appear to me in his natural form to scare me or anything, even though it wouldn't have. But that's kind of the feeling I got was like he was masking. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's the same thing that happened to me when I went to Io. They were camouflaging so they wouldn't scare the Earth humans. <laughs> so, um, okay. And any other fun experiences? So, well, you said you so. Other celestial children, how did you come across that, those experiences? Um, my very first one, what it came to me in a dream where a little girl was sitting on my lap and it was very back early 20s. Um, I can't remember to this day what she looked like. I forget a lot of what they look like unless I write them down. But she just 
felt like my daughter, even though I didn't want kids in my real life. Um, so they kind of just come to me. Either I'm pregnant in my dream or I have the baby or I'm just doing an activity with them or they're just showing me something. But my first one was she was sitting on my lap just playing high five with me. And it was so cute. Um, another one, I had a son. Um, it was the only son I think I had. I think I have all daughters except for one son. Um, he was in overalls and he was just basically running down the field playing kickball with me. Um, after I joined your your UFO tour outing, remember yeah. when we did the whole uh, the whole meditation journey? Yeah. Um, part of your part of that experience was like you received a gift. I didn't necessarily receive a gift, but they kept like giving me like a ball of light and just holding it close to my chest, and I couldn't understand what it was. Mm -hmm. Remember, I told you I had a dream. After that, I knew what the gift was. Yes. It was I was pregnant. So I had another alien baby. I was giving birth to a celestial child in that dream. So they basically were like, okay, here, take care of it. And then I birthed it. <laughs> well, so yes, yeah, so you don't have earth human children. You have no. <laughs> children. And your your dog tur Bella. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Call her my dog tur because she's my child. <laughs> yeah. And okay, so um, when when we did that experience where I led you led you guys through that, do you remember who you saw in that? I don't. It, I didn't get any um, any names or anything. I they were just three females. They had like triangular shaped heads. They had like very long hair that I couldn't see the color of. They were dressed in like robes, like they were you know, higher in society. And they just had their hands like this, but I couldn't see their fingers because it was covered with the robes. And they were just kind of like observing. They were like, like that to me, you know, they weren't like mean or nice. They weren't like overly cheerful, but they were just there. Yeah. Okay. So um, as someone who got to participate in one of the UFO tours, I would love for you to share your experience of looking through the vision goggles, the night vision goggles, and what the night vision goggles that you have are a total game changer when you're looking at the sky. You can definitely see a lot more with because even when we saw things that were moving in the sky, I took off my goggles to see if I could see it, and I couldn't. Like those night vision goggles were a total game changer, and. If anybody wants to invest in something really cool, get those. Yeah. <laughs> Starting price is $3,000. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and that night we were able, that because it's the night that you guys came on this, we finally got footage on the video camera. Mm -hmm. We definitely were able to see some really cool activity. We did. We saw a lot of moving objects we don't know i could i didn't have like the satellite tracker so i couldn't figure out if it was a satellite or that but you did give some pointers on what to look for and like yeah. the flashing lights would signal like an airplane and one of them did pulsate so that could have been a, a spacecraft yeah so <clears throat> and for those watching um one of the things when you are even if you're just tracking things with your eyes having a satellite tracker on your phone and app um can be a really good thing um, mm -hmm. there are a lot of satellites up there. However, 
um, where we are, we're so remote, but you know, the satellite tracker will show you it, what is flying overhead at that specific time and what direction so that when you're looking in the night sky, you can see, okay, is that a satellite or not? Some of these you can actually see with your bare eye. Others, it helps, you know, to have the enhanced night vision goggles. But satellites, they don't blink. Satellites don't disappear in the, up in the middle no. of the sky. Nor do they change direction when they're going. Right, exactly. So if you see anything like that and you're watching it and it's doing something that is not consistent, moving just in one direction across the sky at the same speed, then that is not a satellite. So. And if you're ever in Hawaii on the Big Island, definitely go check out the UFO tour because it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> so um, what with all of these experiences that you have had, and that you continue to have so far what has been the most profound thing that you've taken away from it the most profound thing is that you know the life that we have here is not what it's not the best it's not the most ideal and there are better ways to live there are better ways to have a society than how we have our societal structure here um we could be a service to everybody and everybody will get what they need. And it's okay not to have a mansion. It's okay not to have that multi-million dollar home, multi-million dollar yacht. It's okay not to have that because if one person has that, there are going to be hundreds more that have very, very little, less than what they need. And I personally feel like we should only have to work like 20 years out of our life and then be able to retire for the rest. That's what I personally feel like. Um, and we could set up a society in that way where we're only working like 25 hours a week, but we have enough money to survive for everything. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that if is, when more and more people get on that board, then we can actually make a substantial change to, to venture forth with that. Especially when automation becomes more prominent, we can set up automation to do so many things where we can step aside and actually enjoy life instead. Yeah. I don't know how close we are to that. <laughs> Probably not in our <laughs> lifetime. You know, when I was growing up, I was promised flying cars, and we don't have that. Right. <laughs> I know. My son, Curran, he's very, um, he's very creative. And he, a few years ago, watched maybe when he was like eight or nine he's like, Mom, hey, when I'm, when I'm an adult, I'm going to create a flying car and I'm going to give you one. <laughs> So. <laughs> so I might have a flying car in my lifetime. <laughs> we grew up with the Jetsons and we're like, we should be able to have a flying car. We should have be able to have our robot made. Why don't we? <laughs> the closest I have to a robot made is my Roomba. <laughs> we certainly do have um we have the technology for it. It's just not being shared. No, it's not. That way for service to others. <laughs> So we're going to do a quick couple of card pulls right now. And so we're going to pull, let's see, we're going to pull three cards. Um, connection <laughs> And for those watching, you can get messages from all three or in your mind, think about what you might want to know or need to need to know today for your highest and greatest good and then choose a number in your head of one, two, or three. 
and we will get your messages. Okay. Okay, so the first card is automatic writing. So automatic writing. Tina, do you ever do automatic writing? I have thought about how I might want to, but I've never actually given it a try. Okay, well, so um, automatic writing invites you to channel messages. There's Bella. <laughs> okay, automatic writing invites you to channel messages through the written word. It gives you the ability to obtain answers and receive information from your higher self and other higher dimensional beings. If you're stuck or confused, this method can help you help give you the guidance you are looking for. This can be done in trance or waking state. And so the practice for this is to get yourself into a meditative state to connect to your higher self or to other galactic beings. Raise your vibration and only allow in positive light-focused beings. When you feel ready, you can start writing freely with pen and paper or typing on the computer. And just let the words flow without mentally thinking about it. Don't edit yourself. You may also choose to write out questions ahead of time. And once your mind is clear, let the answers just flow through you without judgment on the answers. You may be surprised at what comes through. So this is something that I, um, I have been doing over the last year or so. And part of, there are a couple of sections in my new book where that's what I did. I just let it let, let the automatic writing happen where I was channeling my Arcturian Aluru. I feel like I need to quiet my mind more before I can try that because okay. I feel like I have so many intrusive thoughts that not necessarily are negative, but I don't feel like they're coming from a good source. Okay. Know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and so hmm. one thing that might help with that is writing down those thoughts in a journal before you even start, just so that you can just get them perhaps out of your head, you know? Yeah, you that can help. Um, and that helps with quieting the mind for meditation as well. But, you know, and the really, really important thing that I, that I have learned is really intentionally raising your vibration because you want to raise the vibration to attract higher vibe entities. I would love to have somebody who's really good at animation do a visual representation of what you did during our ufo meditation journey of how like the swirling light coming in and out i feel like if i could see like an animation of that i could visualize it more and get to that space okay, okay. so that might be something that you can reach out to your community okay. and see yeah maybe. <laughs> okay this card number two is clairvoyance so Tina, do you feel like you are clairvoyant? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there are lots of different kinds of clairs and different people have different clairs that they're really like tapped into. What's, what do you think your strongest clair is? You said it to me once and I forgot the name of it where I feel like things like I would get like messages and I would feel things to be true even though nothing around me is validating that until like months later something validates it so that would be the claircognizance the clear knowing where it just yeah you just know something, you just right? know without any reasonable way yeah. to know it right okay so clairvoyance arrives with visions for you now it is clear seeing 
This is seeing images in your mind. The images may be like photographic snapshots or movie scenes playing out. You may see symbols or colors. It could show up in the form of seeing auras and other glittering lights, floating shadows or colored orbs in the air. Visions may come through vivid dreams. So, yes. <laughs> so the practice for this one throughout the day, notice any random images which pop into your mind. To strengthen this ability, practice visualizing daily. Start with simple images that you focus on in your mind's eye. The more clearly you can see the image, the more likely that you mm -hmm. understand when clairvoyant messages are coming to you. So the affirmation I see with clear vision. That okay. could probably be something I should start into too, is when I start daydreaming and I start having like vivid visualizations in my daydreams, I should start writing those down too. Yep. Because you likely are getting messages. I mean, the universe is sending us messages all the time. So, okay. And our third card. Whoa, Bella. <laughs> is creation. Okay, so we've got creation. Number three. Okay. So this oh. one's all about, that's okay. This one's all about creating your reality. So creation is here to express that you are creating your reality always, whether you are consciously aware or not. Now is the time to be proactive and manifest what you want your life to be like. Get clear on what your desired reality would be. Consciousness plus energy creates the nature of reality. You are the creator of your life and your reality. So the practice for this one is take time time daily to sit in meditation, visualize the reality you desire clearly in your mind and feel it in your body as if it has already happened. The more you hold your focus and feel the emotions physiologically in a sustained manner, the quicker that reality will manifest in your life. And so with that one, um, so I have been doing some channel messages with Arcturian Aluru and I had a little sale um, this past weekend where people could ask one question and I would channel a message from Aliru. And a few of the people that he answered had to do with creating your reality because all timelines exist simultaneously. And so there is a timeline, even what we were talking about earlier, Tina, where we do have that more automated society. People are serviced to others as opposed to service to self. And so what Uluru is, all, is saying is always put your mindset in what you actually want, like really see it happening and feel it in your body. And, and with the longer that you're able to sustain that focus, then you will shift to the timeline where that exists because it already does exist. <laughs> so I know, you know, things come into our field um, that might deter us from that vision, but we just have to get ourselves back centered and hold that focus. So we can't be focusing on what we don't want in the world. We need to focus on what we do want. So that would be going along with that creation card. One thing I would love to do, but I need like a social media following to do it is to gather like a whole bunch of people. And then like once a month we can like 
think of something to meditate on together or something to draw attention to, to focus on. And all of us all together kind of focus in that area. Yeah. Everyone could submit ideas and we can all focus on something different every month. But I feel like, I don't know if if this, I haven't really researched it much, but um, I do believe like people did that. And then the crime rate dropped in some cities or, you know, if you talk to plants in loving ways, they grow versus if you talk to them in negative ways, they start to mold. So there is something to that. And I would like to get a larger scale portion of that where we could all just go on a zoom call or something and then just kind of once a month, just figure out what to do and aim towards that. And there, there are people who (laughs) do things like that. I think um, Mateus de Stefano is one of them. Um, Oh really? Yeah. So, So maybe check him out, but great idea because when you get multiple minds working together on the same thing, then the energy is just, I mean, it's amplified beyond what each person individually can do. So the more that we can all come together, focus on peace and love and unity and service to others, then we we can actually start shifting this earth reality. Yeah. Yes, that would be nice. <laughs> Okay. Well, so we are just about out of time. Is there anything else that you would like to share that we didn't touch on? Um, nothing personally, but follow me on TikTok and Twitter at my handle here. And, you know, I'll share some more as they come along because that'll be my platform where I share it on. <laughs> yes. Well, and I am encouraging you to write your stories because I think, again, the more that that we can get messages like what you experienced out there, mm-hmm. then the more that people say, oh, wow, that is actually a possibility. Mm-hmm. People don't even see the possibility right now. So we just need to be the lights, shining our lights out in the world. Yes, so. absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, thank you everyone for watching and all of my um my books, my Oracle decks, my services. If you want a channel message from Aluru, I do have that offer on my website now as well. So you can find me at mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com and bigislandufotours.com. And I thank you so much, Tina, for being here today. Thank you for having me. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening or watching. And I'll see you next time. Aloha.